Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball is not boring uh, in large part because of excellent broadcasters. And we have an excellent broadcast on with us, Wayne Rondazzo. Obviously, you know him from his work most recently with the Mets. But now, but now, but now, we get... Is this the first interview you've done, Wayne, since you became the Angels guy or no? First uh, on-air interview, yeah. I've done some with the newspapers, but uh, this is the first uh, time talking about it on the air. This is all that matters. So that newspaper, I don't know if you know this, newspapers are dead. So there you go. I've heard, so. I've heard that. Yeah. Well, one, of them was a, one of them was a website masquerading as a newspaper. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, Courtney's with us. Hey, Courtney, what's going on? Always a pleasure, Rob. How are you? Oh, I'm super. Courtney's still riding high from the big Pedro Grafal interview, Wayne. Um, her brand has never been hotter. She's She did an excellent job. And um, and also, we were totally sold on Pedro being a, a good manager. That's all it takes, Wayne. Good. That's good. The White Sox, uh, they, they, they could use it. By the way, so you went to college in Naperville, correct? Yeah, North okay. Central College. So this is the question that nobody else cares about but me, which is, do you know where the cornfield is in Naperfield? The cornfield? A cornfield. So I went out, I did this Hall of Fame ballot uh, reveal with uh, D.B. Sweeney, and D.B. was like, I found a cornfield in Naperville. So we go out to Naperville, and we go into this, like, housing complex, and I'm like, where's the cornfield? And then we get to the edge of it, and it's this massive cornfield. Yeah. I'm like, that, that's all I know about Naperville, that I, like, basically filmed a, a Hall of Fame ballot reveal in Naperville. <laughs> no, I uh, I didn't realize there was a cornfield there, but I'm not surprised. It's, it's, it's to the point in the Chicago area where the corn begins, so... Um, it, it might be the first cornfield as they move out and you move out further west and, and south. And there's a lot more corn where that came from. 
I feel like though that, that maybe I was maybe this is a stab in the dark that we did this filming of Shoeless Joe Jackson maybe it's the exact spot where you partied in college and, and corn, that's what college kids do I mean, they go to a cornfield and there you go hang out I mean yeah, not this not this college kid I I stayed far away from cornfields I grew up <laughs> I grew up pretty close to the city and even though my family then moved uh, pretty far out to the suburbs to the corn uh, as I got older I still I never really embraced the corn you know the way that I maybe should have no you're a city guy but now now you get to live the life of 75 degrees every single day the only time I've ever seen the the bad weather of all the days that I've covered games out and out there, and maybe you're the exact same way, Wayne, is it rained one day, it rained a little bit, they had to postpone the game, and they actually brought in a helicopter because they had no way of draining the field. There you go. There's what there's what you have to look forward to. One day of rain in a helicopter. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be ready for it. Hopefully, uh very little rain in, in my future here being uh, in, in L.A. and Orange County with the Angels. And, yeah, it's cool. It's it's really an exciting opportunity, and, and I can't wait to get out there and get started. Well, Rob, I mean, you know you know how it is for both of us, Boston and Chicago. I mean, April and even into May here is absolutely oh, it miserable. Stinks. It's terrible. It's it terrible. stinks. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, Wayne, I mean, you do this for in New York for the last few years, and um, well, so it is going to be different for you, I would imagine. And I don't know if the newspaper folk asked you this, but you went from, you know, and, and Steve Cohen obviously is the guy who is the talk of baseball. And he had been so the years passed, but not so much as he has is right now, this offseason. So as much as this is an awesome opportunity, you must be <laughs> you must be looking at what's going on with the Mets and like, holy mackerel. I mean, did you see uh, that's, uh, before we get into the broadcasting thing, having been with the Mets for the last years, few years, did you see this coming, this shock and awe kind of offseason? Uh, yeah, I think after how last season ended with the team getting knocked out early and with the division title falling out of their grips, you know, Steve Cohen's going to do what it takes to win. I mean, he's, he, he cares about one thing, and that's pleasing the Mets fan base with the, with the championship team. And he's going to go after it with everything he's got. I mean, for everything you've read about this guy and everything that you know about his his work in the hedge fund world, uh, this is who he is. This He's going to go after exactly what he wants and he's going to do what he can. I mean, this is a different sort of thing than what he's used to because, you know, all the money and, and all the things that he's putting into the resources, they don't guarantee a championship. Uh, they don't guarantee being number one, but I guarantee you a spot at the table, and I think that the Mets are going to have that spot when it comes uh, to October next year, too. I mean, it's, assuming this Correa thing goes through, uh, I think that's a move that really puts them in the driver's seat. Uh, it's going to be an even tougher division in 2023 than it was in 2022 because the Phillies are, are probably going to be more competitive when it comes to the division title than they were this past season. So it'll be interesting, but I, I think the Mets realize that they just need to get in the playoffs and they've got a lot of the tools that they need to get there. And uh, I'm not surprised at all that he's attacked this offseason with the, with the fervor that he has. You know, the one of the things that obviously you, you look at, you sure you're putting them in the rear view, but man, to be able to cut, to call games for the best player on the planet that for I'm, I scratch at the two best players on the planet. I mean, I know that, that, that it's a great job in a lot of different ways. But and maybe it's only for this year with Otani. I don't know. 
But still, I mean, that is you've you've called a lot of great games, with a lot of great players. And we we get excited every time that, you know, we see a, the glimpses of Atani come to whatever ballpark are in. But for you, that when you're sort of soaking in this new job, that must have been like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it, it, being in the National League East, you don't see the American League West teams very often, except Houston, because we we saw them at spring training. But uh, other than that, yeah, those are, that's a division we the Mets didn't play a lot, and uh, we didn't see a lot. So I've seen Mike Trout play in person. I've been doing this for eight years now at the major league level, full time. I've seen Mike Trout play in person twice, Ooh. and I've seen Shohei Otani play in person once. And, they, and and that's without pitching. So I haven't even gotten the full Otani experience. So it's it's a huge thing to be able to see those guys play every day. And, you know, I look I really do look at it as being the, the steward of the night for that game or the steward of a, of a season for that team. And uh, to be really responsible for the, the, the voice and the, and the calls and the broadcasts for these two all-time great players is is very exciting. You know, you got a taste of it with Jacob DeGrom in New York and how special it was to see DeGrom's career unfold and become the best pitcher on the planet and win those Cy Young Awards and, and do what he was doing. And it, it really just felt it was a special thing to be able to see Jacob at the height of his powers. And it's going to be like that, watching Trout and Otani every day. And it's it, it certainly, it's a job, you know, you, you go after in a situation you go after no matter what. But with, with those two guys, it, it certainly is a, a, an extra layer of, of a good thing to, to have those two guys. That is uh, crazy. You only see those guys like a couple of times. That's, I mean, but it makes yeah. a lot of sense. But this is – it is weird. You know, it's like – like and we look forward to – as in baseball, I think we need more of this where, hey, I remember when you're a kid, I got this ticket. Like, Courtney, so what was it – when you went to – when you were a kid, Courtney, you go to the White Sox games. Oh, always. Yes. Yeah. Always. So what you said, make sure, Dad, that we get tickets to this guy's game, right? Yeah, always. Was it Lamar Hoyt? No, that's good. You know. <laughs> You're a- Rob, why are you aging me right <laughs> I'm now? I'm just joking. Shame <laughs> on you. I'm joking. It's not Lamar Hoyt. <laughs> right. But, I mean, honestly, I my biggest thing when I would go to Sox games as a kid is I wanted to see Coach Rodriguez. As mm. you know, I've said this to you many, many, many times. It's just, that was the guy I wanted to see. So I was going to terrible Ranger games. I was going to ton of tight. I was thrilled when he signed with the Tigers because I'm like, God, he's going to be at Sox Park so many times. I have so many opportunities to see him. So hundred percent. And Rob, as you know, we recently talked about Otani and Shroud and you said they need to be in the playoffs. This oh year. my goodness. That was, that was my... That Wayne, that was my wish for 2023. That was my one wish. Yeah, so it was you're mine now too. I uh, <laughs> that would be that would be a good thing. I mean, yeah, Trout's only played once, and it was a quick three games and out. And then uh, Otani's never been in, so yeah, they deserve to be on that stage. And I think the Angels have done a good job this offseason filling out their roster and uh, just trying to have a little, you know, a little a little more major league talent on the roster and a little deeper roster uh, compared to what they've had before. Because anytime they've had injuries. It's really wiped them out. They haven't really been able to count on Anthony Rendon. And, you know, hopefully some of these new guys they brought in, Drury and, and Renfro and adding Tyler Anderson to the starting rotation, just good ball players that can come in and help them win more games. And I, I think they expect to be in, in the playoff picture 
for the upcoming season, and we'll see if it shakes out that way. I think it's a great division. I mean, we've we've had this conversation too. What's the best division? You mentioned the the NL East. You know, sure, you know you have the top heavy, you the Braves, the um, the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. But the NL West is sneaky, man. Like, okay, you know the Rangers. I we had had on CJ Nikowski, and I'm saying, hey, I'm 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 sold on the Rangers. Even though I looked it up today, they bizarrely have like. 60% of their payroll tied up in 44 guys, which is never a right. good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I like their team. I like the Houston Astros. I like the Seattle Mariners. And I, and you already saw it when it's not hard. You come on here, you sell me. I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm placing bets on that team. So well, honestly, I did it with Pedro Grafal. <laughs> Well, Pedro, come on. That's my new best friend. But Wayne, when the, when the angels do make the playoffs, just know that Rob manifested that back in December and, mm-hmm. He's the man. He's the man responsible. So you know, a lot of teams get in, and 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 it's. I think there are good teams in the American League, but outside of the Astros and maybe the Yankees, are there any really strong teams? You know, Toronto's good, and Tampa Bay could be good, and um, Seattle and the, and the teams you mentioned in the AL West. Maybe there's a team in the Central that can wake up and make some noise. Um, but generally, I, I think it's wide open. So, yeah, if the Angels have a good year and you get into that 85 to 90 win window, then you're going to have a chance to get in. So, you know, we'll see how it goes over the first half of the season. And if the Angels can stay healthy, maybe they are one of those teams. And maybe Texas does make a leap forward. I mean, they lost a lot of games this past year, but mm. they've certainly bolstered their rotation even beyond just signing to Brom. So we'll see. I, I think that there's a, a good chance that the Angels – are able to be in the mix, and and we'll see if they're in, uh, able to end up there. Courtney, before I start geeking out on broadcast questions, because I love, I love the art of broadcasting. You got any questions, Courtney? I don't want to jump in. I mean, what don't I want to ask Wayne, right? Okay. I mean, <laughs> I guess uh, the very first question that comes to mind is, you were on the call for Albert Pujols' legendary 700th home run. That's huge for you, of course. What were some of your impressions during that? What was going through your head while you were watching Albert Pujols hit that 700th home run? Um, you know, you just think about history and, and being a part of it in that way is really hard to believe. You know, it's um, for all the things that happen over the course of your baseball career and um, being all the pinch me moments and I was in um, my first job in, in pro ball was in double A mobile and they opened the Hank Aaron museum at uh, Hank Aaron stadium one year. And they brought, they, they put Hank Aaron's childhood home on the grounds of the stadium. And to celebrate the opening, they basically invited the baseball hall of fame. So Aaron was there and Willie Mays was there, and Ricky Henderson was there, and Aunt Reggie Jackson. I mean, I could sit here all day and name the Hall of Famers that were at this event that I emceed and introduced all these guys onto the field. It was one of the coolest moments of my life. But there are a lot of moments like that as you go along in your baseball journey. And uh, Albert 700 is, is right there at the top of the list. Uh, I mean, just to be involved with something so historic and momentous is unbelievable. It's really hard to believe that you're lucky enough to be in that, in that event in any capacity, um, let alone having the only TV call for it. it. It was really, everything was just in the air that night and going into it, Albert still needed two home runs and there was some precedent. He had hit 499 and 500 in the same game. 
So you, you knew there was a chance. If he just hit one even, you would have the opportunity to call some at-bats with 700 on the line. And he had 700 right away, right back-to-back at-bats. He had two mm-hmm. home runs. And uh, it, it's just a cool moment. And I'm glad to have been a part of it. Uh, I, I appreciate the, the fact that I was able to, to have that call, that it seemed to go well. And uh, to be at Dodger Stadium, sitting in Vince Scully's booth, <laughs> I mean, you really get the, the mm-hmm. grasp of what, what it was back in those days when it was just Vin in there looking at the mountains, calling Dodger games. And uh, to have that opportunity at Dodger Stadium, uh, it was it was an unforgettable night. And, and, and I'll always appreciate uh, Albert's place in history for, for what he did that night to hit 700. I mean, four guys have only done it. And uh, the first one, there was no TV. The third one did it under some uh, circumstances that have kept him out of the Hall of Fame. So it's it's a big number and it's a special number that very few have touched. So you talk about having to hit two home runs at night and um... – you know, I don't know where you come down on on scripting is a strong word, but sort of thinking about, OK, if this happens, this is what I'm going to say. Conversely, looking at it as I'm going to I'm just going to react to the moment. Like, where do you come down on that sort of approach? Yeah, I really had a blank canvas going into it. All I all I knew was that I wanted to say 700 pretty, pretty quickly. Um, that was it. You know, I, I talked to Howie Rose, my my partner on Mets Radio, earlier that week, and I said, you know, I might I might run into seven hundred here. What if it happens? You know, how do I call it? And, and he says, you know, just don't don't worry about any of it. Just call the home run. You know, just it, it could be a, a game tying home run, could be some grand slam that gives the Cardinals the lead, could be just some little wall scraper that you didn't think was going to get out. Um, you know, just, just read the moment and react just like you normally would with anything else. And, um, yeah, it's pretty much what I did. And, you know, we had a, a zoom call just like this one earlier in the day with the whole production crew and the producer and I both really spent some time to just to kind of go over it, uh, in case it happens, even if we get an at bat, you know, what will it be like, you know, personally, when I'm doing a game on TV, I don't call a lot of pitches. I don't I don't like to just I don't like to say ball two, strike two. I don't like to do all that on a TV broadcast. But I, I what I said to the, the crew is that if Albert hits a home run early in the game and we get at bat for 700, I'm going to do the complete opposite. I'm only going to call the pitches and I'm only we're only going to focus on the at bat and what he's doing in that at bat. If he fouls one off, I'll call it. And. Uh, that's kind of what we did. And everybody was really prepared that if he hit 700, we were going to call it quick and get out and then uh, watch the pictures. And that's, that's what happened. And it was uh, a great moment. It was captured great by our crew. And um, it was an exciting moment for Apple TV because they really uh, finished the season, I think in a, in a really high way, considering that uh, they got Albert's 700th home run. Yeah, that was that's a, that's a pretty good coup for them. No question about it, because not only you get it at the time, but you get the sort of, like you said, the replay of it. This was on Apple TV, and, which is a whole other conversation about, you know, where it's going. And and um, it's, it's that sort of part of it is interesting about how baseball is trying to reach out to um, – to Apple TV, to this is like what the NFL is doing, but sort of on the infancy stage. But that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about sort of the, like you said, the approach of broadcasting. And you've done radio, you've done, radio, you've done TV. Um, and I love this conversation because I've, 
Wayne, like, listen, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm, a, I am what I am now. I don't know what I am. Okay. But I've done games. Okay. And I've done a few TV games. I've done a ton of, I'm like the, the path of least resistance on radio for the Red Sox. And, um, and the way that I always looked at it was I'm going to fill my head with information and I'm just going to, re- you know, and we're going to talk and we're going to talk and I'm going to respect the moment and all of that. And obviously, Joe stick alone in our in our markets, an iconic guy, and he does it a certain way. He's always done it a certain way, and I've I've learned how he does it. Like you talk about getting every pitch, like we we will have on general managers in the booth during spring training when big number ninety seven comes out of the bullpen for the Twins with no name on his back, yeah. Because Joe Joe is like, well, he's going to talk in between. He's going to talk over the pitches, and I got to get the pitches in. It's one way to do that. I get that. And I understand the importance of it and the purity of it and everything else. But I guess the question I'm going to ask you is that, you know, in the last few years, especially with the way people's attention spans have changed, which is undeniable. um, Did you find you find yourself having to be more conversational um, than before? And if you don't, that's fine, too. Everybody has a style. But but do we need as broadcasters? to understand like this is this has to be more conversational while getting the important stuff in yeah you know radio and tv are two totally different ways to to broadcast anyway um so it is different as you go from one to the other but i think i know i don't know if it's attention span so much as it is these long games and that's going to be rectified we think in in 2023 they're gonna have pitch clock the game should be shorter and there may be less need uh, for a lot of that fill-in, a lot of that banter between pitches, especially on the radio side, when you're going to have to call the pitches as they come a little bit more quickly. Uh, however, in a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour game, uh, which th- there are a lot of them, you know, you need it. You, you need to be able to be conversational, and you need to be able to talk to your partner and you know, Howie and I had a really good rapport and we knew it was like a good double play combination. I mean, it, it, it felt like Vizcal and Alomar some nights with the way that we were able uh, to play off of each other. And it was a really special connection, I think, that we had. And, um, you know, it's um, it's something that I think makes the games uh, sound more entertaining and, and go a little bit quicker in the in the listeners' minds. You know, Gary, Keith, and Ron do it too on TV. You know, there's a lot of constant uh, banter and, and conversation on that broadcast. So it's, uh, I, I don't know how it's going to change, if it will change over the next season, because, you know, these games on average are going to be a lot shorter. We're going to have a lot more right. two and a half hour games or less than that even. And if you, if you watch a major league game that goes two hours and 15 minutes, it goes fast. And uh, there's going to be a lot less time for some of that stuff. Yeah, so, you can't. I mean, you, you're told not to start a story, right? I mean, don't start a story with two outs. And now you're getting into right. <laughs> these time between pitches. And yeah, it's Courtney. Like, so uh, let me ask you this, Courtney. Of, um, besides Wayne, who is the person we because I, I, I really enjoy like listening to people talk about how they like listening to how they like consuming baseball whether it's on tv or radio so courtney i will ask you this who are some of your favorites when you're like okay i like the way they do it joe davis without a shadow of a doubt is one of my favorites he we've we've talked about this on other podcasts with with certain people he calls the games he lets the big moments 
play out kind of what Wayne did with Albert Pujols 700th home run. Sometimes you need to just let the moment play out and not say anything. Joe does a really nice job of that. Um, as far as radio goes, I have a great guy uh, with the White Sox, Len Casper, who is legendary. I mean, he's fantastic. So between those two, and I've, as we've discussed ad, ad, ad nauseum, I've had a lot of opportunities to travel the country with my, with my job. And one of my favorite things to do is listen to home broadcasts. I like to pop on the TV in my hotel and listen to the games. And far and away, Joe Davis is fantastic. And he, he calls the games, which is really very – it's kind of what I look for when I'm hearing about Well, I, I go back to, you know, and this is on the national stage, but the Bryce Harper home run, right? Fantastic. That was that was like such a much like the Pujols thing in a different way, but that was such a momentous occasion. Um, and to, to your point, Courtney, you have to sort of realize, well, how much do I let it breathe? You know, how do I lean into the emotion of it? Um, all of it, and um, you know, and and I, you know, there's been there was other broadcasters during the postseason on the national broadcast who were very veteran broadcasters who I'm like, thought, I'm like, just like enough, man, yep. don't stop talking. And <laughs> I, every, everybody has their style, yep. but, the, but the, you know, this is sort of a subjective business. So um, yeah. I mean, when, when you were growing up, what, I know this is sort of a cliche question, but well, who was the guy that you're like, ah, oh, man, I, I sat there and listened to that guy that made me want to do this job. Well, yeah, Harry Carey is the reason why I'm sitting here. There's no question about it. He was number one. Uh, the way that he called the games on on WGN, it was unbelievable. I, I mean, you never, as a kid, especially, you never really knew that the Cubs were out of it, uh, that they were sitting in fourth place, and these games were ultimately meaningless. Uh, he, the games were exciting and they were fun, and they, the Cubs had a chance to win that day. And Harry was Harry treated every day like it was a huge game. And uh, the the jokes and the fun in between innings and watching all the, the the crowd shots and Harry reacting to them. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then having Steve Stone with him um, to really provide the the best analysis that I, I think is in the sport still uh, is Steve Stone. Uh, he's 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 great at his job, and um, I know he was on the Ford Frick uh, finalist list this past mm -hmm. season. Deserves uh, he deserves that award if he gets it. Uh, Pat Hughes got the award, and you know as I got older and, and realized that you can't be Harry. There's only one person like that, and your path uh, to getting to the a job like this would not be replicating Harry. You know, Pat Hughes is somebody that I, I've spent a lot of time listening to and learning from, and um, he's excellent, and he's he's someone that you know I think really uh, helped shape my career at the very beginning of it. Uh, there's a lot of good broadcasters now. You know, Joe and I have a really uh, close connection. We started in the Southern League together uh, over a decade ago. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. We used to do mock broadcasts together. We would go to major league games at the end of the, our minor league season, and we would do games together in a in a in a booth at in Milwaukee and at Wrigley Field. You know, the Cubs and the Brewers were really gracious to give us an empty booth to let us just make a, a demo tape. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, some demo tapes floating around of me and Joe um, doing these doing these games together <laughs> that we used to try to get our first big league jobs. So, um, you know, hopefully Courtney can peel her eyes away from the Dodgers a little bit while the Angels are on, and she can watch yeah, both. Come on, Courtney, let's go. Hey, listen, I, I am all in on supporting Wayne. You know that. Come on. 
Come on, of course, of course. But no, wait, like I said, I mean, your, your work that I've heard with the Mets is fantastic. There really is an art to this, and I think you do an excellent job of it. You, you well, know, thanks, Courtney. Not anytime. Oh, that's, look at that. See, everyone's feeling good about themselves. That's what this podcast <laughs> is like. I, I feel good about the Angels. Everyone's feeling good about the art of broadcasting. <laughs> it's, it's, this is the, we're here to build up. Um, but the last thing, Wayne, is, is you know, another part of this world that we live in with broadcasting and social media, obviously, it's, it's part of everything that we do in the world. But it's, it's an interesting – you mentioned Harry Carey. And when you're talking, I'm thinking, man, can you imagine – can you imagine – what it would have been like with Twitter around with Harry Carey, it would have been crazy. And then, you know, and there's so many different ways to look at this in, in when broadcasting, it's no exception where you have, you have a lot of great things can come from social media, including by the way, Wayne is that we talk about attention spans and how people are consuming it. Well, and we've said this on the Red Sox broadcast, we have to be able, if, if Joe Castiglione is talking about falling off a camel, and they're like laughing or whatever. We have to, we have to basically take that out, throw it in people's face on social media and say, Hey, look, look, this is how entertaining this is. Get here. Then conversely, social media, you know, I've seen broadcasters scrolling through their phone on Twitter, like, Oh, you know, and they get sort of consumed by it. Yeah. So from your perspective, like how do you view the good and the bad of social media when it comes to broadcasting? Yeah. I know Harry would have gotten fired after, 10 games on, on the social media world. I don't, I don't know if that would have really been a good idea for him, but um, you know, I, I think it, it's helpful. It's helpful to get your, your highlights. I, mean, I feel like it, it's a more, it's a better medium for the TV announcers because their highlights are plastered everywhere. And um, you know, you get to hear somebody's call of a, a moment right away. You know, you mentioned the Harper home run in the playoffs uh, it's on social media immediately. I mean, within seconds, really, after after it happens. You know, if if the Mets do something crazy and Gary Cohen has a great call, it's on it's on social media. You know, radio it takes a little bit more to uh, to put it together, and you have, you have to smash it together with a highlight. Or if something funny happens, you know, I feel like the radio highlights get get lost a little bit um, in in the shuffle because it's so much easier to just to to rip the TV highlight and, and put it on. <laughs> Can I, can I, I'm going to interrupt you in two seconds. The two things that drove me nuts because you reminded me of it is that in this world of of trying to bring attention to this game, you mentioned the radio highlights. Like it was just recently where we could even put up radio highlights. Yeah, like on, and, and and that was insane to me. It's like what do we do? And 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 that's not even getting into the bizarre, bizarre, bizarre thing, which was. Sorry, local um, broadcast. You cannot stream the games on your own platform. You have to do it through mob.com uh, radio, whatever it was. And we're like, are we trying to get people in or aren't we? And they've changed that, which is, right. but, 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 and this is, but this is part of what we're talking about is like evolving and taking yeah. what's in front of us. Yeah, it should be readily available. And, and, you know, you should be able to get those things out there as quickly as you can. Uh, there's just a, there's just an advantage that TV has over radio with it, and so I, I think a lot of the good radio calls and a lot of the good radio broadcasts get lost uh, into the ether sometimes. I always felt like, and that's uh, so why I'm switching to TV because I'm sick of being in the background. Yeah, they have to buy more ties though. I mean, it's I will yeah. have to get some more ties, and uh, I'll have to, I, I will have to do that. You know, the Angels 
some teams just wear polos, which I don't like, uh, but the Angels mostly wear the, the, the shirt and the tie. So um, I will have to. Have, have, have you locked in where you're going to live? That's the most important thing. I'm getting caught. I'm getting there. I, I've, I've honed in on an area. And uh, are you a beach be guy? Water. Are you, it's going to be. Yeah. be. Yeah. I don't know if I am, but we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, things we will learn. You're not a cornfield guy, but you are potentially a beach guy. <laughs> there you go. I'm willing to try. I'm, I'm willing to give the beach a more of a try than the cornfield. <laughs> I'd agree. As a sun worshiper, I would agree. Oh uh, yes, listen, it's 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 a good. Other than traffic, it's a great place to live. But uh, hey, Wayne, thanks so much, man, for joining us. And um, and we're, we're not only a big fan of the Angels now, we're a big fan of you. We're going to be following you throughout the season. And uh, congratulations on all your success, all great all stuff. Right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm um, looking forward to this season. And thanks for having me on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.